course, we, we have a real treat today. This uh, The parable of the prodigal son is a very famous uh, parable in the Gospels, and it's rightly so. It's rightly famous. It's a, it's a masterpiece. It's uh, absolutely wonderful. It provides uh, one with enough food for thought for a lifetime. The, the subtlety of the psychological dynamic between the two sons, the father, uh, the, the events and, and how it falls out and the, what the father responds at the very end. and The, the whole thing is just wonderful. And uh, I maybe today what I would think about what strikes me is how sin and sinners, it's really, uh, this, this parable is very masterfully uncovers the immaturity of sin and sinners. When we sin, it's really immature and stupid. And it, it's just really, really dumb. It's like what a little kid, it's kind of like acting like a little kid. Whereas God, on the other hand, there's a kind of a, ironically enough, there's a kind of a humanity to God as he's portrayed here in this parable. A very robust magnanimity, a largeness of hearts. You know, someone who's got a petty, someone who's really petty, the opposite of being petty is being, you know, broad-minded, large-hearted, um, and, and, and very humane and reasonable. Compassion and mercy and forgiveness is really the reasonable course of action. And it's the adult, mature course of action. And you see that very clear. The father is the mature, humane, human, adult-like, rational uh, figure in the story. And the brothers, both of the brothers, and maybe that's the surprise, not just the prodigal, but also the brother who's bitter, they're both immature. And uh, we see, first of all, the stupidity and the immaturity of sin on the, ha- on the part of the younger bro- uh, the brother who's the prodigal. He's, uh, you know, it's, it's like uh, people oftentimes, and this is very common today, conceive of God as a kind of a, he makes up arbitrary rules to limit our freedom and take away our happiness. And you know, and you see in this parable how that's not true at all. That the, the sons served the father, yes, they had to work, and there were certain requirements that they had to meet, but they had a good life. And it was in their interest to be in communion with their father, to be in relationship with him, to, be, to cooperate with him and to live on his property. It was in their interest. It was for their own happiness. Uh, and oftentimes today, people think of God as, the, he makes arbitrary rules and he's like a tyrant. He's trying to limit our happiness and our freedom. You mean I can't do what? You mean I can't do X, Y, and Z? Oh my gosh, why, why, why? And it's, it's very immature. Um, and I think that the younger son kind of has a little bit of that attitude. He's like, that's it, I'm out of here. Give me what I deserve and what's mine and what I got coming to me and I'm out of here because I'm sick of all of these rules that dad is always making me uh, follow. Well, okay. So you see the kind of the magnanimity, the, the, the broad uh, vision of the father. And the father says, okay, here's your inheritance. Do what you like. And so the guy, young man, heads off. He wastes it all, and his sin has got him reduced to something so, to a condition that's so nasty, he's, he wants to eat the pig food. Okay, that's, that's what our sin does for us. It's not good for us. We think we're living, you know, the free life and, and doing what we want, and 
living the life we love and do and, and you know being our own person, being true to ourselves and whatnot. But the reality of it is, is it's sin is stupid and it reduces us to this really pathetic and ridiculous condition. And he comes to himself. He finally becomes reasonable, and he's like, "Okay, wait a second. It was way better with me when I was with my dad. It was way better to." To love God and to serve Him so that I can be happy with Him. Okay, let me, let me go back. And so that's a type of repentance. We see a form of repentance taking place. Uh, and so He comes back and the Father forgives Him because the Father loves Him. It's a very humane response. Now again, we see immaturity on the part of the older brother as well. The older brother, what's his problem? He's, he is exiling himself from happiness. He's, everybody's having a good time. In the house, they, they're eating. It's not. He could have had the fatted calf too, right? The father wasn't holding the fattened calf back in. He could have gone in and feasted to his heart's content and danced and had a party and had a good time with everybody. But he, no, he's going to exile himself from happiness. And that's what we do when we're envious, when, we're, when we sin in general. It's, it's a self-chosen, self-imposed exile from happiness and from communion with people who can bring us Happiness and joy. Why would we do something like that? Okay, right? So this parable is, is masterful in how it, it reveals to us our own immaturity and our stupidity when we sin, when we're angry at others, when we don't forgive, when we're bitter, when we're envious, when, and then for the, as far as the older son goes, and then also when we uh, live a life, you know, uh, of worshiping our, our appetites and our, our sensual desires in, in terms of the younger son. So, my brothers and sisters, let's, let's understand and appreciate that God is not a tyrant, that His, uh, holy law is in our own interests, and that, uh, we are happy when we serve Him and when we're with Him. And loving Him and serving Him is in our own interest, and it gives us communion, uh, with everybody else, and it's, uh, for our peace, for our happiness, and for our joy.